125 here with Gresham Foyer, day two of our show. And uh, the gentleman who joins us on the Harbor One hotline had uh, been on in previous incarnations of, uh, of this program in this time slot. And we have had our fun with uh, Bill's sideline reporter, Sal Capaccio, in the past. But uh, this is a real conversation with our guy, Sal Sports, Sal Capaccio from up in Buffalo, because uh, he was on the field and saw everything that went down in Cincinnati. Uh, Sal, it's Gresham Fourier. How are you? Good guys. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks. You know, obviously, you know, it's fun to have the banter back and forth over the years with these two teams and the situation and playing each other like they are this week. But, um, you know, what happened Monday night really hits home for all of us. We cover this league or in Christian's case played in the league, of course. And, you know, we're all, we're all thinking about and trying to, you know, find out what's happening with, with DeMar Hamlin here. So Sal, you were at the game, right? <clears throat> yes. I was on the field. Actually. Oh, you were on the field. So can you, in your in your best ability, I, I may, may be yeah. difficult. Can you kind of paint a picture for us as far as what you saw in real time and how it all started and ended? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was probably at the Bills, let's say, 25-yard line, maybe 20-yard line coming at me. I like to stand down there as the sideline reporter in case there's a pass down that way, I get it. So, you know, part of my job as the sideline reporter, a big part is to watch for injuries after every play. Someone limps off the field. you got to kind of be aware of that. Well, so I'm always scanning after the play, and I happen to see – that whoever had made the tackle, I didn't see what it was at the time, just collapsed backward, as we've all seen on TV. And we didn't know who it was at first. And I'm telling my producer, hey, somebody just collapsed. I don't know what's going on. But immediately you saw the Bengals players that were right around there, were a couple of them, signaling for medical personnel to come on the field. And when you see that, you know it's got to be serious. Now, look, you know, Christian, we've always seen it. We've all been there and seen it. I've been a sideline reporter for nine years now. We've seen bad injuries, head neck, head injuries, neck injuries, where, where guys get knocked out. They collapse. Like Things like that happen. They're motionless. So it's not completely foreign to see that. It's not completely foreign to see you know, medical personnel rush out there. But then a couple minutes later, I'm thinking, geez, am I, am I watching them do CPR here? Like, There's no way, right? And I couldn't tell if they were doing that. Were his pads were on? Were, were his pads on? His pads were on. Yeah, his pads were on. He had, so, they were he doing CP- so they were doing CPR outside his pads? I see. I, for some reason, um, I thought they did. They have a defibrillator also, or just CPR. So, so I, I was told later they did. I did not see one because we couldn't see exactly. There were so many bodies there. Now I didn't see them remove his pads because I didn't see them move him at all. So I'm assuming they did it with his pads on, unless they opened it up somehow to be able to do it underneath his pads. They might have done that. I, I believe there was a defibrillator there, but I did not see that. Well, all I could see was that I actually thought Christian they were. I thought they were just cutting off the face mask. Like with the arm motion, I could yeah. see them working really fast. You could see like that movement would be kind of the same. And then, as we know now, that both those things were happening. Well, anyway, then the emotion started coming out from the Bills players. And, you know, even then, that's, that's not totally unique, but it was a little bit of a different level. Like guys were just really broken up. And I'm like, man, they must have – something's really going on here. Well, what, what got the, – the biggest thing to me, what happened was after that, which is this is how it became – okay, this is not a normal injury, this is awful, whatever's happening in there is horrific. Everybody from the Bills' sideline, we're talking players, coaches, staff members, they went out on the field and they formed this big circle around DeMar and the medical team, and it was, I'll call it like a human wall, where they were shoulder to shoulder, holding each other, some were kneeling, some were standing, they were, some were sobbing, but they did it in a manner which DeMar was behind them to their backs. We were, as people in the stands or on the sidelines, we were to their front, and you could tell they did it so that no one could see inside that circle to see what was happening, and that what 
was exactly what that moment made it say to me, something is horribly wrong here. So, Sal, the ambulance drives off the field. We know that DeMar Hamlin is in that ambulance. You know something bad happened. Then Sean McDermott gets the players. They all pray. We know there was the speech that uh, came from Steph Diggs to try to get everybody going. And then it was into the locker room. Kind of pick it up from there. Like, where were you in terms of getting information from people? What were people on the sidelines kind of saying? Like, you're used to the vibe on that Bills sideline. So what was it like right before they, you know, they got to the point of praying and then heading into the locker room? Yeah, and if I can go back even a minute and sure. tell you about like what it was like with the whole you brought up digs because there's a lot going on over the last 48 hours as you guys know about Joe Buck saying five minutes warm up and all that and there's a lot of you know maybe confusion on what happened so after they get him off the field and by the way one of the more emotional moments for me that I just want to tell everybody about was while he's on the field I turn around and I see at the base of the wall a woman wearing a blue DeMar Hamlin jersey, and it was his mom. And she would look at me, and I looked at a couple other people in security, and she said, that's my son, and I want to be in the field with him. And she was, you know, in some, some words like that. And I'm, I'm, it's been tough for me to talk about it, guys, because it, it's just, it was so, it's so it, it embedded in me now, like going through this again and listening and remembering her. Because she looked at me, she looked at a couple people, and we couldn't help her get on the field because – there was a, um, where she was, there was no easy access to that. There was no access and entry point. Um, one of, so one of the Bills teammates, Dane Jackson, who actually played with Tamara Pitt, must have known where his family was and was actually turned and pointing, found her and talked to the Bills team chaplain. And he walked over and with security and Bill security and Bengal security got her navigated to where the, the, the ambulance was going to go. So luckily she was able to get in the ambulance with her son. I was told so was his dad. And I just wanted to throw that out there that he, his mom and dad were in the ambulance with them. So at the meantime, everybody's milling around. I see Stefan Diggs bringing everybody together. He's got tears coming down his face and he's kind of trying to re-energize the team. And then I see, the defense on the field, like they were on the field. The, the 11 players on defense were preparing for a snap. I never heard, never heard Sean Smith, the referee, or anybody in the bill sideline say five minutes to warm up. Never heard that announcement. Never heard anybody talk about it. What I think happened was, and I know Christian, you'll speak to this specifically and personally. This is what you're trained to do, right? You go on and play the next play. Like that's what you've been taught since you were a little kid. Somebody gets hurt. You, yep, it's, it's awful. We pray for them. We hope for them to be okay, as, as gruesome as it might be. And they're going to go off, and we're going to get you updated later, but we're going to play the next play because that's what you do. So I don't know if anybody told them that they had five minutes to get ready. I never heard that. I just think that's what football players do. They think we have to go on to the next play. But we're all thinking, guys, how, how does this work? There's no way. I'm watching these guys sob. Stefan goes up to Saran Neal. Saran Neal is sobbing on the field. And Stefan grabbed him by his, his cheeks, and he's telling him, like, you got to go. Come on, let's go. we got to play this game. In the meantime, I can see in the tunnel, the ambulance is still there. It hasn't left, and it's got its lights on. I could see it. The players could see it. The coaches could see it. How the hell are you playing a football game, man, when that's your teammate in that, inside that ambulance right there after everything you just witnessed? Then we see Zach Taylor come over, Sean McDermott. They talk to each other. McDermott says go to the locker room. And, and to pick it up from there, Andy, um, we – we were not allowed to be like right next to the locker room. It was kind of a, we were a little bit off to the side. The locker room's in the corner there when you get in the tunnel. 
And we were trying to figure out what's going on, but no one would talk to us. But we could see Sean and Zach Taylor on the phone with somebody. And then I saw Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and COO of the Bills, Ron Rakuya. They were huddled around. I'm on the air live, so I'm trying to go back on the field so I don't lose my signal inside the tunnel because it doesn't get a good signal to tell everybody what's going on. And then at one point, they told all of the media to get out of the tunnel and go back on the field, and they even told anybody with a camera to put it down, and they couldn't shoot any video into the tunnel. Wow. 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 So we're talking to Sal Capaccio, a Buffalo Bills sideline reporter. Great, great um, insight on that. Great. Thanks for sharing that, Sal. I know it's tough. So if it's tough for you, Sal, where does it sit with the players and their ability to continue playing? We know the first game, this last game has been canceled, right? Cincinnati game is not going to play that, at least not this week. Where are they at mentally, do you think, for this game against the Patriots on Sunday? It's a great question. So we don't know because today is normally a you know media Wednesday. You normally get Sean McDermott at noon, practice at 1230. Um, the Bills announced this morning that they would, ha- they would have only meetings and a walkthrough and there would be no media availability. Now, when I say that, as you guys know, that means the media being that players being made available by the team itself. I know that Deion Dawkins was on CNN yesterday talking about tomorrow. So maybe you, you see things like that, but we do not have the ability to go down to the stadium today, talk to the players, see what they're talking about. As far as I know, tomorrow might be that day. It might be a day where we have Sean McDermott, but we're still not sure. We're not totally clear on that. We're going to take our cues from what the organization is ready for. And quite frankly, you know, that's fine. I, I will tell you this. How do you put a game plan this, together, Sal? I'm just sorry right. to cut you off, but I know yeah. they had a, they had a walkthrough today, right? But no media availability. Yeah. How do you put a game plan together? Like, because the coaches are affected by the off- defensive coaches, you know, maybe more so than the offensive coaches, position coaches. Like, how do they put a game plan together to get ready for a Sunday? And and how do you even? I mean, there might be players out there, guys who they don't want to go to work, right? Right? They, who, there's there's guys. We we all know that these kinds of things impact everybody on a totally different in a totally different way everybody processes differently there's going to be players people staff members who need to be around each other want to go in there they're going to want nothing to do with football there's going to be people who want to get out on the football field who want to play because that's what they do and it you know it, it puts them in a better spot there's gonna be people who don't want to go to the facility and see tamar hamlin's locker and him not in their team meeting with them but i will tell you this sean mcdermott and brandon bean under them over the last you know five six years here in buffalo I've been just so impressed by how much they have put to the forefront the resources that they need available to everyone for mental health. And that has happened for the last several years. This isn't just in like this situation. They are very much open and um, available to always talk about how important it is to have everyone have the proper resources always available to them at all times with a mental, on the mental health side of things. So I would guess that today is a lot of that. Today is probably a lot of that because they very much believe in that, and it's going to take a lot of that. So to answer your question, question, Christian, I don't know how they get to the next spot, which is you got a game to play on Sunday, much less what we don't even know about this Bengals game and how it impacts everything and what's going to happen with that and everybody thinking about what even happens with that. It is something. Sal, do you fly on the charter? I'm just curious. Or, or do you guys go I, separate? I, I do. Um, you know, everybody's different. Our radio crew, I'm not employed by the Bills. I'm pl- employed by Odyssey, like right. you guys. Um, but but with our with our situation, we do fly on the charter. Um, what was I, that I can't like? Discuss anything. Yeah, I can't discuss anything specific about the charter. I will tell you this. I'll get to when we were told the game was, you know, the game was over and we were going back to Buffalo. We were told that at some point in the night. We went into the post-game media room. We gathered our things. We came out. We were 
we had to stand, me, the other radio people, engineers, we had, um, there were video people and camera people, social media. We had to stay in the hallway. We couldn't even go like near the locker room. They wanted all of the players and coaches and staff out of there before we even went into that spot where we could see them coming out of the locker room, essentially. They didn't really want anybody talking to anybody. Um, obviously, I don't think anybody was anyway going to do that. It was very somber. Everybody was on their phones, checking in. I'm calling my wife, giving her an update. I'm coming home tonight. It's going to be a little bit late. We finally did you know, be able to get to the staging area for the bus. We go on the bus. I was on my bus for probably an hour and a half before we moved. And the reason, and, you know, it's confusion. Like, what's going on? Why are we not moving? I'm not, nobody's mad confusion. It's not frustration. It's, you know, we're just wondering what's happening. By this time, it's probably 1130 at night. Now we know why, though, because Stefan Diggs and some players went to the hospital, as you guys know. So did Sean McDermott. They waited for all of them to come back to the buses, and they were on the buses. And then we rolled out at about 1230 to go to the airport and get on the charter, and everybody flew back except for, I believe, GM Brandon Bean, maybe some medical staff, and um, DeMar's family was there, but I believe every coach and every player otherwise um, was on that charter. And to answer your question, look, I mean, it was just very quiet. It was very somber, and I would say a night game anyway. Everybody's exhausted and doing work, and that's generally the case, but I don't think anybody wanted to talk to anybody and wanted to just sit with their own thoughts and do their own work and figure out what was next. Wow. Uh, Sal, thank you for the firsthand account of everything that went on. Now, I do have one kind of half-assed, jokey question for you. <laughs> what is taller, Sal Capaccio or the amount of snow in Buffalo? <laughs> Ooh, I'm taller, but there are snow drifts three or four times my size. I will tell you that. Wow. I mean, it was insane. It's all gone, though, guys. It's all gone. All of that snow that was here is all gone. We got into the 50s for a couple of days. It literally lasted a week. But it was a horrific situation here. Um, I believe, unfortunately, I'll have to say, I believe I read the death toll is now at 42 from the blizzard. Um, Literally people freezing in their cars, unfortunately, um, being found like the next day. Um, There's been a lot of people having heart attacks trying to snowblow or shovel or things like that. There's been a lot of different people found in their homes because they had no power and they and they froze. Um, and can had and and couldn't you know didn't have any food and things like that. I mean, couldn't get out. It's horrific. It really was. And you know, on top of everything that's happened in Buffalo this year, you know, we had the um, the racist mass shooting back in the supermarket in May. Uh, we had the game that was moved. We had uh, this blizzard with all the deaths here. Now everybody's going through this. So no, going back to that mental health component, right? I mean, you know, it's 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 important to, that that those resources are available for people because here in Buffalo we're going through it. Um, so to spin it back to what you asked. Was a lot of snow, a lot of snowballs with me and my nine-year-old son, um, you know. But uh, all that's pretty much gone now, and it's been a very rainy last couple of days. Wow. Well, Sal, thanks, man. We really appreciate it. I know we normally have a lot of fun during these, but uh, a great yeah. firsthand account. We thank you. God bless, and uh, I know we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, for sure, guys. For sure. Thanks a lot for having me.